Welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes of Steth and Scalpel. Today we have with us Dr. Praveen Kumar, Associate Professor, Department of ENT. Welcome, sir. It is our pleasure to have you here. Let's dive into the questions. Firstly, the obvious question: What made you pursue MBBS as your career, sir? Thanks, Prashant, for having me on your show. Why I chose MBBS? Well, it's a very difficult question to answer. Maybe it was my passion. It was my passion to become a doctor. It was my aim, goal, and focus in life to do something good for the community. You know, what we should do should have an impact. So I wanted to make an impact and make a difference in people's lives. And what better profession can you have other than being in medicine? You can change a person's life. You can change a person's family. So that's why I took up medicine as a career. Truly inspiring, sir. If not for a doctor, what other profession would you have pursued? Again, this guy Prashant is asking me tricky, tough questions. Well, I've never thought about it. Maybe I would have become a policeman. My dad was a police officer, so maybe I would have tried to get into the IPS, maybe Indian Police Service. Moving on, sir. Let's take a stroll down the memory lane. Would you mind sharing with us some of the unforgettable memories of your UG and PG days? Well, UG days was maybe one of the happiest times for all of us. <clears throat> for all of us, UG days are like golden days. College days are golden days, especially UG days. So memories like I was a thin, wiry guy. Now I'm 80, 84 kgs. I was 55 kgs when I joined MBBS. You wouldn't recognize me if you see my old photos, okay? And anatomy dissection was a beautiful thing. You finish PUC and suddenly you come to MBBS, you see a cadaver in front of you. It's a shocking scene. And then uh, it was thrilling, actually. Anatomy dissection was thrilling. Opening up the human body, seeing all the organs. It was good. We used to play a lot of pranks also <laughs> in the anatomy hall. I remember one incident in physiology. We had this uh, frog dissection, you know. I remember there was one experiment regarding your myoneural junction or something. So we used to dissect frogs and expose the sciatic nerve of a frog and apply local anesthetic or something like that. So we had a naughty classmate uh, who used to pick up these frogs from the frog tank and put it in the aprons of all the girls. Uh, so we had a lot of mischief mongers in our class. That was good. The canteen used to be a good adda for all of us. Your sports day, Rajyot Sava. I was in uh, the Kannada Balaga. We had a Kannada Balaga organization in our college. So I was a prominent member there. So we used to have a lot of functions, uh, Rajyot Sava, sports day and all that. Those were really nice and our clinical training was very good. One more thing what I would like to emphasize, clinical training in those days was very good. We didn't have CT and your MRI and ultrasound. Only when we were finishing medicine in the early 90s, all these boomed in India. Your CT scan, ultrasound and all that. So diagnosis was mainly clinical in those days. So we were, so I can proudly say that we are better clinicians than this generation. So we used to spend a lot of time with patients in the wards, elicit good history, examine them in detail. So our patient was, approach was much better than today's era. So I would also feel that all of you, if you want to be a good clinician, you have to spend time with the patient in the hospital, in the ward, in the OT, in your casualty. So it's very important to learn clinical skills, history, take, history taking, examination of a patient. 
I asked one intern uh, to demonstrate Koenig's sign recently. He was not able to do it. One patient had an intracranial complication of otitis media. I asked him to demonstrate Koenig's sign. He was not able to do it. So, this tells me that clinical training is lacking somehow. So, all of you should make an effort to become good clinicians. Read your Hutchison's, Davidson's, Das, clinical methods. You have to be a very good clinician, okay? It's very important. That's basics in medicine. I'm sure we'll follow your guidelines, sir. What motivated you to choose ENT as your specialty? I'll be lying that if I say that ENT was my first choice. When I took up Karnataka entrance in 93, uh, we didn't have counseling like what you have now. The Directorate of Medical Education in their application form for PG exams, they used to ask us for 10 uh, choices. So my first choice was MD Medicine or MS Ortho, I think I've forgotten. My last choice was DLO, my last choice. <laughs> I got my last choice, no problem. So I just took what I got, DLO, and then I did my DLO in BMC, and then I entered government service, and then I did my in-service MS at Sri Dev Rajaras Medical College, and now I'm here before you. Moving on. As medical students, we face a lot of challenges. Which was the most difficult challenge you faced as a student? As a student, of course, reading medicine. Reading medicine is definitely not easy. It's voluminous. You have so many subjects from anatomy to internal medicine. Reading it, imbibing it, and reproducing it in the exam, it's definitely not an easy task. It's highly volatile. As you know, medicine is highly volatile. What I read during my MS, I've forgotten nearly 80% of what I read 16 years ago. So the only way to keep to be a good doctor is to keep in touch. You have to constantly study every day. Constant reading is very, very important for you to excel in your career. You have to read journals, go to your medical websites and browse them. Medscape is good, I suppose. Medscape is suppose, supposed to be a good website. So challenge was studying medicine itself. And we didn't have any electronic gadgets like what you have nowadays. You have your iPad and tablet and podcasts and whatnot, huh? you have guides. We didn't have all these gadgets to help us during those days. You can make notes in your cell phone, on your tablet and we used to do it on paper, you know. So things were different those days, but technology has advanced for the better. Uh, it's good. Moving on, sir. During postings, you keep mentioning about uh, your professor. Can you tell us more about him and how he influenced you? I was very lucky. We had very good teachers. Uh, we had very good teachers in both my UG and PG days. We had very good teachers. So I think teacher is a person, he's like a sculptor, you know. You just give a piece of rock to a sculptor, he can just chisel out a very good idol from a piece of rock. So I think teacher is a very important person in our field. You can read medicine, but to learn it and to become wise, to imbibe the concepts, and especially in a surgical field, you need a mentor to teach you surgery. Surgery can't be learned by seeing videos or by reading books. If you want to be a surgeon or you want to be an interventional cardiologist, something doing something interventional on a patient, you need a very good mentor and a very good teacher. And teachers should be role models. They should practice what they preach. And uh, they should be inspirators. They should be motivators. They should iron out the flaws in a student and uh, help them in their career. Mentorship is lacking in our country. In the West, we see a lot of mentors and mentees. 
so you need a very good mentor so my advice to you is catch hold of a good mentor uh, during your post graduation days and even after that who will help you in your career and we had a very we had a lot of good professors in my ug like uh, dr nt mohan who was a professor of medicine in uh, mysore medical college in the 60s 70s and 80s after he retired he joined my college in bangalore i'm lucky to be his student and then during my dlo days in bmc i had very good teachers even during my ms i had very good teachers so there is one saying which says when the student is ready the teacher appears you should be ready only then your guru will come in front of you when the student is ready the teacher appears catch your teacher steadfast like a crab and ask him to teach you the subject he will give it to you okay you must ask 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 especially in your career nothing is given on a platter you should ask them you should ask for guidance ask for counseling okay ask for their tips pearls hmm? there'll be so many tips in surgical practice which books won't give you regarding tension of a suture or how to open the abdomen how to close it the finer points won't be given in books the book will tell you just close the abdomen he won't tell you how much tension you have to apply when you are putting your knot and all those the finer concepts which will make a difference in your surgical results won't be given in books so you have to find a good mentor and follow him steadfastly is very very important like how uh, arjuna followed krishna arjuna surrendered to krishna so you just have to surrender to your guru for you to thrive okay find a good guru two things find a good guru and follow him 100% these two things are very important in our field probably it is the right time to share that uh, we are blessed to have you as a teacher sir it's a pleasure having you as my student sir in this splendid career of yours can you reveal any case that truly challenged you well i joined mysore medical college in 2005 july and i was fresh out from my ms and as all of you know that to be a good surgeon it takes experience it takes many years 10 15 20 years to become a master in surgery having an ms does not mean you are master of surgery you will become a master only after you gain sufficient experience okay so in 2006 i was just fresh from my ms i had a patient with uh, chronic suppurative otitis media with cholesteatoma with intracranial complications he was a young male maybe around 25 26 from a, a village near hunsur he was recently married he was married maybe 3 weeks before he came to me and he had seven intracranial complications he had meningitis he had brain abscess he had three extradural abscesses he had sigmoid sinus thrombophlebitis he had six or seven complications and uh, we did emergency mastoidectomy for him in our hospital we have i'm very proud and happy to say that we have a very good department of anesthesia if you want to be a good surgeon anesthesiologists play a very very important role and i'm very proud and happy to say that we have a very good anesthesia department here so the patient was comatose when he was induced he was comatose he was in coma so we did a radical mastoidectomy my hands was shivering i was a novice surgeon i was just a lecturer then with practically no experience very tough case <laughs> so i was really shivering my hands were shivering but i could feel my teacher's presence and god's presence maybe god worked through my hands and we were somehow able to save the patient's life he came out well and i still remember the wife newly married wife she came and 
she was literally in tears and she held her thali and showed it to me and told me that you have saved my husband's life so this was a wonderful experience so all of us have opportunities of saving patients lives so whenever you get a chance do good okay this was a very thrilling experience there are many but this would stand out for me aren't these the moments that make our profession the best what according to you is failure how do you bounce back from the feeling of being a failure i would not use the word failure in my practice i would like to call it a learning experience there is no person who can say he is 100% successful if a person says he is 100% successful in his practice or in his career he is lying in our field in medicine you will have failures that's a that's a natural law it's a law of nature you can't be successful all the time maybe your percentage of success will differ an average surgeon will have a 70% success rate a good surgeon will have an 80% success rate an excellent surgeon will have 90 a master may be 98 or 99% but even the most masterful skillful surgeon will have failures so failure is a learning experience okay and you should have a stable mind you should accept failure humbly learn from it and move on and when you are successful don't jump and dance you should be a sthita pragna accept failure and success gracefully equally don't go over the moon when you are successful don't cry and become depressed when you fail accept both with equanimity both should be equal that's why we eat bevo and bella during yugadi you have sweet moments in life you have not so sweet moments also in life okay so failure is a learning experience don't call it a failure a failure will teach you okay nice question man prashant that's an invaluable advice sir can you please spill the secrets of balancing a hectic career and a personal life see we are all teachers so we are blessed with uh, a cool life in mmc it's not very hectic 9 to 4 we are in the hospital and after 4 we go home see there is something called work life balance all of you have heard this english proverb all work and no play makes jack a dull boy life should be like a color television not a black and white television there is no point in seeing 200 patients in one day and not seeing your own child's face not seeing your child walk not seeing your child uh, speak his first word not seeing your child's uh, graduation ceremony or spending time with your wife on her birthday or on your anniversary okay so work life balance is very very important success is multidimensional it's not unidimensional if you're earning crores and still if you're not having a good life what's the point so everything is important in life i think these following uh, points are important you should have good physical health good mental health you should have a good spiritual practice okay you should have a good professional life also it's like the spokes of a wheel it's like the spokes of a wheel or like the colors of a rainbow okay so you need every aspect in life to be successful if you're doing 10 surgeries a day no it's not success you should have good physical health good mental health spiritual practice spend time with your kids with your wife spend time with your parents very very important love them especially after marriage all the boys my advice to the boys ha huh? 
when you get married don't forget your parents it's very important okay because they they won't be with us forever okay so a family life is equally important so you must balance you should know how to balance your life nine o'clock you should close your clinic go home spend time with kids with wife with parents talk to your mom talk to your dad it's very important very well said sir sir what are your hobbies and uh, interests my interests i love watching hollywood movies that's one of my favorite hobby like i love uh, in college we this guy rambo you know first blood rambo <laughs> those were great movies and this predator series dirty harry series like i am a movie buff i love movies sir you have a very good uh, hold on uh, mythology how is it amar chitra katha <laughs> when we were in school we used to read a lot of amar chitra katha i don't know whether it's still available but amar chitra katha every kid in india should read to know about our history and culture very very important sir you also know you are a foodie your thoughts on that food is important but don't don't overdo it too much food is poison you know there is one saying anything tasty is not good for health so you should know your limits you should eat to live not live to eat my favorite food of course would be masala dosa any day that's my favorite food and sweet i like hasar bele paisa hasar bele paisa is my favorite my mom used to cook that uh, on my birthday every year so my favorite sweet is hasar bele paisa and in tiffin i like masala dosa among dishes vegetable pulao one of my favorites holge i love holge is my favorite obbatu or holge whatever you call it i love all these traditional sweets hope we'll get to share a meal together someday sir there's so much more to ask you sir but because of the time constraint coming to the final question what advice would you like to give to us the students who are aspiring doctors this is a very tricky question difficult to answer i think all of you are mature enough to know what you want in life you are at a crossroad now after your mbbs you will not know what to do so there is something called purpose statement you should know what you want in life you must just sit down with your well wishers you will have well wishers right you will have your dad your mom your brother your sister or a very close friend of yours whom you can confide confide into just sit with them or you sit alone ask yourself what is my purpose in life why have i been born why has god given me human birth if you answer this question all things will fall into place so you should know what you want in life and you should know how to reach there should have a goal in front of you an ambition should have a burning desire to excel to achieve perfection and you must know how to walk on that path the route so you have the goal in front of you and you have the a path in front of you you should know how to traverse that path and reach your goal professional goal personal goal family goal community goal national goal all of us are born to for a purpose help your patient help the community okay like apj abdul kalam he lived for the country he made an impact so what we want from you is you should make an impact your life should be meaningful it should be worthwhile do something which others will remember you for so that's my advice to youngsters we try to follow your advice sir glad you could shed light on some aspects of your career and life it was wonderful talking to you sir thanking you for taking out time from your busy schedule to be a part of the podcast 
hoping your words will inspire many more this is the end of the episode of behind the scenes of stethenscope